Well, there you go, folks. Uh, baseball is back. Um, 60 game season. For the first time in months, we can actually look at our fantasy rosters uh, and know that games are around the corner. Uh, you know, good thing. I'm happy to have it. Uh, it's been long overdue. Looks like we are going to get some form of fan, uh, fantasy season out of this, uh, which is good news for all of us. Uh, I know I'm excited, and I hope uh, you guys are as well. Uh, but as you guys know, Tuesday the MLB and the owners, along with the players, finally reached an agreement. Get the players back on the field um, and bring baseball back to its more than deserving fan base, I will say. Uh, and I'm sure you guys all know now, 60-game season, as I mentioned, teams will play 10 games against teams in their division. Um, and then four games of interleague play versus each team um, in their region of the opposite league, so NL East versus AL East. Um, so, the, uh, like the Yankees will play the uh, NL East, the, the, the Nationals and, and those teams, Phillies, uh, each four times. <clears throat> and uh, there's, there's some notable rule changes, I think, uh, that will have some effect on fantasy, maybe. The, the, definitely the one that comes to mind right away, DH will be used in both leagues. Um, so pitchers will not bat in 2020. Uh, three batter minimum rule still applies. Uh, I think that that will have some impact as well. I don't know how much. And then runners will start on second base uh, at the start of extra innings. I mean, that's just a weird rule. doesn't really seem like baseball, but 60-game season seems like the right time to try it. Uh, position players can pitch at any time in the game. I honestly thought that was already a rule. Uh, and how this all affects fantasy, we can get into that another, on another podcast, but it really I'll let you geniuses uh, all figure that out. Uh, but anyways... As for the length of the season and how it affects us directly, um, I encourage you guys to read that ESPN article I posted in the group. Um, we'll definitely have a decision to make on how we want to conduct the 2020 season. I'm open to any and all ideas. I do think ESPN is going to handicap us on how much we really can do. It didn't seem like there was too many options as far as customizing the schedule um, to create triple headers or double headers. So I do think we're going to be kind of handcuffed, uh, but we'll figure that out uh, as we get more information given to us um but there you go i mean mlb baseball is happening um i think that many of us thought it was up in the air for a while uh, i think all of us though kind of had an idea that it was going to happen in some way shape or form uh, so we're definitely happy to have it back that said i do think there is a little too much excitement uh coming from and i'll say it's coming from probably fans that not as deep and um, entrenched in baseball as myself or or maybe all of us. Um, you know, we have baseball back, and that's great, but I think it comes at a high cost. And I think that the, the sport of baseball and its leaders and its owners and even the players towards the end there absolutely made a fool of itself. And I made it very clear at the beginning of this whole thing that I would not take kindly to all parties involved in the airways, and that's a promise I plan to uphold. Um, the last three months have been an absolute goat rodeo for Major League Baseball, um, and I don't think that it should be accepted by, by the fans. And I, they, No one should let them off the hook for what has happened. I see too much praise and too much excitement um, for what's going on. Praising the commissioner for... Getting putting together a 60-game season is like thanking someone at McDonald's for getting your order right or praising someone at McDonald's for getting your order right. It's What has happened in the past three weeks is just so fucking disgusting. And, and I'll get into all that. Uh, I promise I will. But, I mean, 60-game season. I mean, Lottie frickin' da. 
I mean, Jizo Pete's. We, I mean, everyone. Could, I mean, you could have put me up there for the negotiators. I get a fucking sixty-game season. What a fucking joke! And there's people out here. Oh, well, that's so great! Baseball's back. I'm so excited. Yeah, great. We're all excited. But I mean, at what cost? I mean, the, the next uh, collective bargaining agreement is going to be an all-out war. There's probably more animosity between the players and the owners now than there has been in our lifetimes. Maybe think back to the, the previous lockout. I think baseball is, like I said, it's great that it's back. Um, we're happy to have it back. You know, I'll watch the games. But they are in for a rude awakening, and they had a golden opportunity handed to them on a platinum platter, and they absolutely fumbled it. They showed the entire sporting world, the entire country, their ass. When all eyes were on baseball, they just dropped their pants and showed you their ass. So, I mean, look, like I said, happy we've got baseball. And, you know, great that we get to see something. And, and I do think a shortened season could be entertaining, but give me a fucking break with all this. I mean, you can't just forget the past month and a half happened. So I'm going to get into it here. Um, as I said, no one is safe. Not, not the players. Not the owners, not the commissioner, and I might even go at the fans a little bit here, um, but I'm going to get into it all. And, it, and like I said, it's not similar to the last episode. This is not going to be, you know, focused on our league or our world. Um, because there's plenty of time for those podcasts, and they're coming. They're right around the corner, especially with play coming back, and, and things will pick up here. Um, so we're going to get a lot of those episodes, and there's plenty of time to talk about that. But I feel like this is important stuff to talk about because. It really does, you know, we can't have this league without the major leagues. And, and I think it's a, it's interesting to see how it's all going to play out. But uh, I'm going to get into it. It's Judgment Day, fuckos. Hope you're ready. The score does not even reveal the difference in these two teams. If this was a fucking fist fight or a gang fight, which most of you don't know one fucking thing about, we would be dead. Wing it and drive! Pass. You do it again and I'll knock you right in your nose! I didn't touch you! You pushed your finger! I did me. not! No, you you're lying! God damn it! You're lying! Second dick! How can we fucking get picked on the first base? Our ass is in the jackpot now! Alright, baby, we are back. Oh, man, I am ready to absolutely eviscerate every single party that was involved in this whole fucking fall-de-roll that they want to call these negotiations or getting baseball back. And I am telling you, I am going after everyone. No one is fucking safe. I said it once, I'll say it again. No one is fucking safe. So let's reset the stage here. I want to impress upon you guys how big of an opportunity this was for Major League Baseball. And I know a lot of you guys already know this. But I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page as we get into this all. So let's just start out with the plain and simple, hey, our fans have been sitting on their thumbs, afraid to leave their houses. Some of them lost their jobs, lost their businesses. They're up against this invisible enemy that is the coronavirus. And people just want 
something that involves a bat, a ball, anything with competition to watch on their television at night. And here we are, NBA's kind of treading water, kind of talking about coming back, NHL doing the same thing. Baseball had this golden opportunity to be the first sport back. And everyone was talking about baseball. All eyes were on baseball, as I said in the open. Everyone in the country was looking to baseball. And early on, you heard games in Arizona, games in Florida, you know, put all the players in one area. And I don't even, I don't know where that went, but that seemed like a not a bad idea to me. I, I mean, that could have got probably players back on the field earlier. It would suck for the players to have to play all the games from, from away from their homes, but they're on the road all the time anyways. Um, but anyways, to get back into it. Just think of how many fans baseball could have, new fans have gained just from being the first sport back, even by a couple weeks, how many new fans they could have gained. And those new fans, and Grant said this, those new fans could be fans for life. You could have just added a ass load of new fans for life by being the first sport back. Or just by handling this whole thing like a competent fucking professional league would do. But instead, I mean, baseball does what baseball does. And, you know, again, forget the new fans. Let's say they couldn't forget them. How about just bringing back some old fans? Some fans who've been upset with for a couple of years of how baseball's going or, you know, how things have played out. Bring them back. And... and Let's forget that. How about just doing the right thing for the fans that have been so loyal to you for years on years? And, and I say this a lot. Baseball probably has... Definitely doesn't have the biggest fan base, but it has the most loyal fan base. Because if you think about it this way, NFL is 16 weeks, and if you're lucky enough, your your team will make the playoffs, so you're, in, you're on the hook for 20 weeks tops. Um, and it's really one day a week. Um, you know, baseball, fans sit down... And watch that in most in a normal year, 100 to 162 nights, some people, in a, a, a summer. And, and baseball fans buy tickets to games. They go to games. NFL fans sit on their ass on Sunday and watch the games. Baseball has... The fans of baseball invest in baseball. They buy the tickets. They buy the merch. They go to, they go to the games. They buy the hot dog. Baseball is a fucking experience. Baseball may be one of the only sports where going to the ballpark is is a totally different experience than than you know watching it at home. You know, you could argue that it's better to watch it at home, but there's nothing like being at the ballpark. And I can't say the same for an NFL game. I would much rather watch the NFL game at home than on my than in, than in the stadium. People are freaks at NFL games. So you know, baseball had a chance to do the right fucking thing, and instead they're out here haggling over god knows what if the runners should start on second base in the extra innings universal dh 10 fucking games i mean the fact that you were arguing about 10 games a couple weeks before you said the players need to report for so you could start on time is mind-blowing 10 fucking games players want 70 owners want 60 okay how about we just play 65 I mean, what? We ever heard of a fucking compromise? My God, to be arguing over ten games in fucking June when you had since 
fucking you decided the season was delayed in March. And I know the virus presented variables that maybe you couldn't you couldn't exactly say, hey, we're gonna play this many games in March. But as time goes on, you get a better idea. You got an idea of where the wind is blowing, where you're gonna be at. And how is the number of games not the first thing that's fucking discussed? How can that be the last thing we're talking about? It'd be like starting a business and making all the decisions before you decide what you're going to sell or what service you're going to provide. But that, that is baseball for you right there. You know, they had three fucking months to figure this out. And here we are right up to the deadline arguing over 10 games. And you know who that comes down to? And we're going to get to him first. That comes down that comes down to Rob Manfred, the commissioner. He is the leader of this whole thing. It's his job to work with the owners and the players to get a deal done. And it's his job to set expectations, keep people on the reservation, make sure both sides are negotiating in good faith, and get a fucking comprehensive deal done. But the guy, the guy is dumber than a fucking doorknob. He's out there saying the players are negotiating in bad faith. Then, you know, he's saying the owners are 100% committed. It's like it, the guy is fucking talking on both sides of his mouth. No one knows what the fuck's going on, and he's just fucking enabling it. At some point, he's got to say, all right, shitheads, the buck stops here. You guys can do all this shit. It's becoming a fucking embarrassment. And I'm done with it. Here's what's going to happen. I'll make the rules, and we're going to fucking do it. Instead, he just lets them all fucking play him like a fucking fool fiddle. And he's out here going on ESPN, MLB Network doing these fucking interviews. I mean, just shut the fuck up. Get in the room and get the deal done. Good God. So that's who we're going to start with. Let's start with the commissioner. And, I mean, this really all goes back. It all started for me um, on June 10th. I believe that was the night of the MLB draft. And, um, you know, in a little PR move, um, Manfred's going on with MLB Network and ESPN, you know, trying to draw some buzz for the draft, which I, I understand. I mean, that's you know, do that PR tour, do some marketing. And, and, you know, speaking of marketing, he's probably one of the worst commissioners when it comes to marketing. Um, but anyways... He goes on with uh, Carl Ravitch, I believe, at ESPN. And, you know, Carl's asking some questions. You know, where are we at in the negotiations? Wait, what do you think is going to happen? What's the outcome? What's the desired outcome? And Manfred goes on to say, look, if they're... I hope they get a deal done. That would be the ideal course of action. Um, but if there's no deal done, there's 100% unequivocally going to be a, tw a season in 2020. I don't care if they reach an agreement or not. If I have to step in, we're going to have a... It'll be up to me. We're going to have a season. And when I first heard that, I thought, great. That's a leader. That's what MLB fans needed to hear. Someone who's going to, who's going to say, I'm not going to let these players and owners jerk off and haggle over over money and games when the fans want a, want a fucking product in the field. These fans need baseball. So when I first heard that, I thought, great. I was excited. And I had that sound for you. Here you go. This is Rob uh, Manfred on June 10th with Carl Ravitch. 
We were supposed to be in Omaha. This was the College World Series. This was going to be a big celebration. And yet, it is for the kids and it's not for the sport. Can you tell us, given the counterproposals, what's next for you and the Major League Baseball Players Association? Yes, Carl, we're going to be uh, making a responsive proposal to the proposal that we received late last night. Um, it will be another significant move in the players' direction in terms of the salary issue that has kept us apart. And we're hopeful that it will produce reciprocal movement from the Players' Association that will see a number other than 100% on salary and some recognition. So stop, Rob, just, just, just stop. You and the owners agreed in March that the players would get 100% prorated salary. So what the fuck do we need movement from the players on something less than that? Just fucking pay them their money. It's prorated. It's fair. Just fucking pay up. And I don't understand why that would be such a fucking issue. They agreed on that in March. Just fucking pay. Alright, Christ. Alright, back to Rob. I would prefer to negotiate a new agreement with, with the MLBPA that gets us more games and resolves um, the issues that have separated us amicably. Uh, but at the end of the day, we negotiated for the right in March to start the season on a number of games um, that, that we select in these particular circumstances. And if we have to, we'll exercise that right. There was a March 26th agreement. From the agreement to where we are today, can you explain, in your opinion, how we got here? This ought to be good. I can't wait to hear this. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, the March 26th agreement was premised on the belief, mutual belief, um, that we were going to be in a position where we would be playing baseball games in full stadiums. I, I'm, Rob, I'm so, I'm so sorry to interrupt again, but come on. Even in March, you mean to tell me that people thought we were going to be playing games in full stadiums? Look, I don't think anyone in in March knew this was going to be what it was. But come on, full stadiums, you had to know that that could probably even potentially not be not be an option. To think that there's a global pandemic going on, you'd be playing baseball in full stadiums is a fucking joke. I can't, I just don't buy that fucking answer. Different that they're listening to what their fans saying and that they are listening to what the players are saying and they're continuing to make proposals um, as a result of the input that they're receiving from those sources. How will you feel if and when this time comes? We're playing 48 games, boys, and let's get ready to go. How will you feel if that's the end result of this? I'll be disappointed that we're unable to reach an agreement that allows us to play more games. Um, but you know what? I think at the end of the day, the most important thing, and I'm not buying into your number of 48, the most important thing is that we play Major League Baseball in 2020, and I can tell you unequivocally we are going to play Major League Baseball this year. Okay, so there you have it. Unequivocally, we'll be playing Major League Baseball this year, and that was Rob Manfred on June 10th. Okay. June 15th, just five days later. And I'm going to pull up the timeline between what happened on June 10th and June 15th. So we can be very clear on, you know, how the how the situation or the scene shifted from those from those few days. On June 12th, owners make another offer. June 13th, MLBPA rejects the latest offer, tells MLB to schedule the season. So that was when the players said 
okay, we're done negotiating. Mr. Commissioner, schedule the season. So June 15th, Rob Manfred goes on with ESPN's Mike Greenberg, who is a total fucking drip, by the way. Good God. That guy's the fucking worst. And just changes his fucking tune completely. I mean, this guy, five days ago, said there would unequivocally be a Major League Baseball season in 2020. And now he's going on with ESPN, doing these silly little interviews, and singing a totally different tune. So here's that sound uh, with uh, Rob Manfred uh, with ESPN's Mike Greenberg. You told Carl Ravitch here on ESPN last week that you felt 100% certain that there will be a season this year. How do you feel today? Well, I know the owners are 100% committed to getting baseball back on the field. Up again. Um, this, I mean, give me a break. 100%. The owners, the Major League Baseball owners, are 100% committed to having baseball on the field. No one in their right mind would believe that. You could tell these owners, you guys can save this much, you know, just the smallest amount of money by not having a season this year, and at least half would 100% be in on not having a season. To say that the owners were 100% committed to having a season this year was a complete and utter lie. Um, unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain that's going to happen. Uh, I had been hopeful that once we got to common ground stop, on the stop, idea stop, that... All right, stop, uh, stop, stop again. This would be a point where, if I'm Mike Greenberg, I would say, I don't know what's changed. What makes you not confident? Maybe ask a fucking question. Speak up. Do something. This is why he's a fucking drip. The guy sucks at his job. Go ahead, Rob. That once we got to common ground on the idea that um, we were going to pay the players full prorated salary, that we would get some cooperation in terms of proceeding under the agreement that we negotiated with the MLBPA on March 26th. Unfortunately, over the weekend, um, while Tony Clark was declaring his desire to get back to work, the union's top lawyer was out telling reporters, players, and eventually getting back to owners that as soon as we issued a schedule, as they requested, they intended to file a grievance claiming they were entitled to an additional billion dollars. Obviously, that sort of bad faith tactic makes it extremely difficult um, to move forward in these circumstances. Rob, I, I apologize for interrupting again, but what good does this do for the negotiations at this time, calling out the players for negotiating a bad faith publicly? What is that going to do except turn the players even farther away from negotiating? Why would you do this publicly? I mean, this is where I'm like, I don't understand the leadership thought behind this. He's, I mean, my assumption is that he is trying to turn the public against the players. But again, that is just going to drive the players farther away. I don't understand why you would need to go out and publicly bash the players who are already kind of getting screwed over by this whole situation and tell them that they're negotiating in bad faith when they're the ones at the time who were saying, just tell us when to get on the field. And look, if they want to file a grievance, you know what, they probably have the right to file a fucking grievance. So don't try this fucking shady-ass shit where you're just trying to avoid the grievance. That's probably what it all came down to. So this whole fucking situation and Rob Manfred just up there saying that the players are negotiating in bad faith, it's just bad leadership. It's so bad on all accounts. And I it just, it just infuriates me.
Back to you, Rob. What are your concerns for the optics of this circumstance playing out as publicly as they are during the time in this country where all the other things, the confluence of events involving the pandemic and protests in the streets and everything else, of this playing out as publicly as it is? Okay, I'll give him some credit there. That was a good question. It's just a disaster for our game. Um, absolutely no question about it. Um, it. It shouldn't be happening. Um, and it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans. There you have it right there. The commissioner of baseball, when asked how, how does this look optically, says it's a disaster for our game. It shouldn't be happening. You're the fucking leader. You're running the show. If it's a disaster and shouldn't be happening, do something about it. Do you think going on public airwaves and claiming that the players are negotiating in bad faith does anything to help the so-called disaster that you just stated? I mean, what in the world, what right leader thinks I'm going to throw kerosene on this fire and make this even a bigger disaster? Would you describe your feelings as confident that there will still be a season? I'm not confident. Uh, uh, Mike, I, I, I think there's real risk, and um, as long as there's no dialogue, that real risk is going to continue. All right, that, that's enough from Rob for now. But there, you, there, you heard it there at the end. Five days after he said there was unequivocally going to be a season, he goes on and says he's not confident. And the longer this goes on, the, the, the worse chance it has. So, uh, you know, to five days just to take a total 180 from what you had said and to do it in the fashion that he did it, I just think it made the whole situation way fucking worse. And not necessarily the negotiations, although I, I don't think telling the players, saying the players were negotiating in bad faith publicly helped negotiations. But when you're talking about optics, when you go on one day and say you're unequivocally going to have a season and then less than a week later you say you're not confident you want to talk about optics that's fucking terrible optics awful it just added to the disaster all right so obviously <clears throat> you have the whole entire disaster that we just went through uh that was rob manfred and his in his flip-flopping back and forth um two days later he meets with tony clark the um head of the mle players union yeah, uh, this was reported as a quote-unquote productive meeting. Um, and, you know, I was sure a lot of us were on Twitter that day seeing very encouraging tweets that the two sides were getting closer and that a deal um, was coming. There's still some work to do. Um, it was on that day that the owners finally agreed to pay the players their prorated, full prorated salaries. Again, I cannot wrap my mind around how this was agreed on in March and this is still being discussed in June and it took the owners till June 17th to concede this. Some of the richest men in the world cannot concede to pay the players the prorated salaries for a 60 game season when they already had agreed to it in March. It's unbelievable to me. Um, I just don't understand how it takes till June to concede something you already agreed on. It makes no sense. Anyways, a day later, uh, despite the progress towards the, uh, what was expected to be a deal, uh, the MLBPA uh, wants a longer season, of course, than the 60 games proposed. 
their counteroffer was a 70-game season. So this is where we're talking about 10 games. Everything else is good, but we just need a 70-game season. 10 games. So to me, at that point, I don't know how the owners can't say, okay, how about 65? I mean, good Lord. I mean, it's just unbelievable that we cannot find like a common sense thing to just a common sense number to agree on. Um, June 19th, MLB confirms that it will play no more than 60 games in 2020. And this was due to, I believe, uh, some of the COVID outbreaks that came uh, a couple players, and I can't remember what team, maybe the Blue Jays or something, uh, had tested positive. And it was, um, you know, obviously not great optics there. Um, so the MLB came out and said, you know, we're not going to play more than, than 60 games. You know, we have to be done by... I forget what day in October, but the MLB has been adamant that they're not going to play into November, which is understandable. I've never been a big fan of playing into November, so I, I can't understand where the league's coming from there. Um, but anyways, with people testing positive to COVID, and this, i got to say, this is going to get me off on a tangent here a little bit. I am so tired of ESPN reporting every fucking person in the sports world or every team that has positive uh, COVID tests. You know, like today I flipped it on, and the caption on the bottom of the screen says three Arizona State football players test positive for COVID-19. Like, the, the global pandemic is still going. Like, people are going to test positive still. We don't need to report every single positive case in the sporting world. Like, it, this, it, like people, it's safe to assume, are still going to test positive for this thing. It's still going on. Don't have a vaccine yet. So, I mean, people aren't idiots. You don't need to be. You don't need to tell us when three players on Arizona State football team test positive. I, last week it was Zeke Elliott. Okay, he's a household name. Cool. R- report that. Tiger Woods test positive. Go ahead. Report that. Mike Trout test positive. Yeah. Then we want to know Charlie Blackman. That's someone I would want to know. Sure. I don't need to know three players on the Arizona State football team tested positive. And tomorrow I'm going to turn on. It's going to be Johnny Needledick reporting that. Yeah, three uh, three players and a ball boy for the Mississippi State South Central team have uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Like, who gives a shit? Good God, it's, it's a fucking virus. People have been testing positive for months. Do you think people in the sporting world are immune to it? Jeez, peace. Anyways, so MLB says we're only playing sixty games. So right then and there, to me, it's if on the players. Okay, well, we can't play 70 now, so the most we can do is 60. Let's just make the deal. I, mean, I don't understand, like, what now? It's like, they just said we're not playing more than 60. So what do you think you're going to get out of this? And the longer you go on, the more you risk playing less games. And this is where my criticism for the players really picks up, because this was when they were, just after they were tweeting, you know, they did their whole social media campaign, tell us when and where. Tell us when and where. Just tell us when and where. We want to play. Tell us when and where. They're all tweeting it. They're all doing this Instagram. Tell us when and where. You cannot keep saying that and then keep rejecting these proposals that would get you back on the field. When you say you want 70 games, but you can only play 60, you can't reject the 60-game proposal and then go to tell me when and where. I'm ready to play. Tell me when and where. You are ready to play. You just want the world to think you're ready to play. We're not again. We're not idiots. When you say "tell me when and where" and then reject a proposal, it becomes pretty clear that you 
really don't want to be told when and where. You still want to stick it to the owners. You want to stick it to the league. You can't give, you can't give a shit about getting back on the field. You don't want to be told when and where. You want to be told when and where on your terms. You want to be. You don't want to be told when and where on someone else's terms. So, I mean, the players, in my opinion, very fraudulent of them. Trying to sway the public, you know, tweeting when it tells when and where. Oh, we'll tweet this, and the public will think we just want to get back on the field. Then they go project, reject the next three proposals. So how bad do they really want to get back on the field? They're gonna tell me you, you want to get back on the field, so bad. But. Ten games shorter, and you don't want to get back on the field. Tell me when and where, but only if we're playing seventy games, not sixty. Tell me when and where, but only, uh, you know, if there's a universal DH. Stupid. That, that I thought that was that is when I started to turn on the players, and I was really hard on the owners for the first, for the first, uh, on that first episode. And, but I think the players they. They take their fair share of the blame in this, too. That takes us to June 21st. MLB and Manfred tweak the offer. Uh, Manfred reaches out to Tony Clark. Proposal was for 60 games. As I said, they're not going to play any more than 60 games. And he also offered the players some concessions on 2021 um, as the final proposal run the league. So just to recap, the owners agreed to pay full prorate salaries, which was a big hang-up for the players. The league had already said we cannot play more than 60 games. The offer was for 60 games. And then the league was also willing to concede some of the stuff that the players wanted for 2021. So, a pretty good deal. I mean, you're getting the most games that they're going to play. Getting your full prorated salaries. And they're conceding some stuff on 2021. I don't know what that was with a universal DH, expanded playoffs... I'm not exactly sure what that was, but whatever it is, they, Manfred and the owners were ready to concede some of that stuff back to the players. Well, what do you know? June 22nd, MLBPA shuts down the proposal in a 33-5 vote. Owners voted favor 30-0. So again, my question was, what, how bad do you really want to be back on the field? How bad do you really want to be told when and where? When here's the proposal that gets you back on the field... And you've been saying we want back on the field. We get, we get, let's get, get going. This would have got, this would have got the season started on July nineteenth. But you're still hung up on something. What else? What else do you want? It's just like now we're just rejecting proposals to reject the proposals. We don't really like there. There was never going to be an agreement. This is now what? Let's now what? Like I have to believe. It all was just going to come down to the commissioner setting the schedule eventually, which so that should have just been done early on, earlier on. Nobody wanted to make a fucking deal. If the owners would have said 70 games, the players would have said 80 games. I have a feeling if the players would have agreed on 60, the owners would have said 50. The whole thing was a fucking joke. It wasted three months. So, you know, to reject that last offer... You know, that's where I just had to draw a line. Be like, I was on the player side for a very long time. But eventually, you, you can't keep saying we want back on the field and then keep rejecting offers. You know, that, that at that point, it tells me you're not interested in playing baseball. You're just interested in sticking it to the owners. And like I said, I was pretty tough on the owners at first. Um, and it was, it was warranted. 
Um, but they came, they agreed on full salaries. Um, you know, it, I still don't know how, how it took the entire negotiations to do that when they agreed on it in March. It was such a fucking slimy move. And the owners playing the fucking poor card to announcing all the, how much money they're going to lose per game and their operating losses. And I mean, give me a break. No one gives a fuck how much money you're losing. You bought the team. This is a risk you fucking take. It's a financial risk. Fucking sack up and honor your part of the fucking deal. I mean, good lord. Slimy fucking owners. So now that brings us to where we are today. Obviously, players rejected less proposal. Manfred steps in, decides to uh, set the schedule, and here we are. Uh, July 23rd is, I believe, opening day. Um, I would imagine there will be uh, Garrett Cole pinstripes primetime type of situation. Um, and I know we're all excited for that. Um, but my biggest takeaway here from all of this is how disrespected the fans should feel. Um, the last three months, and more specifically, really the last three weeks, were a total slap in the face from the from the players, from the owners, the league. They basically told me and you uh, and little Johnny, who just wants to watch the local ball club with his dad when he gets home from work, to go screw. And they basically looked all of us in the eye, and while the while the whole world is watching too, and they told us to go fuck ourselves. Uh, you know, they told everyone, they don't care about us. They don't care about you or me or what we want or, or, you know, letting us watch the games or get to play in our fantasy leagues. They just care about money and sticking to the posing side. And when I first came on a couple weeks ago or a, few, a month ago, I said both sides are going to have to accept that they're going to have to concede something or they're going to have to lose, and neither side could fucking do it. They just sat there and played patty cake for the past three months you know playing grab ass trying to get the deal done that was never going to be made to begin with because both sides are too stubborn and my next takeaway is that MLB did what it always does it failed to capitalize on a good opportunity um, and it got in its own way the MLB could have been so back we talked about the new fans the old fans you know just the and the good lord, the TV revenue. I mean, you saw ahead with golf. Their their tournaments are the viewing is up like astronomical percentages, just because that's what's on. People want to watch sports. Baseball could have been front and center, prime time every night. Every American would be tuned in. Bigger than golf, it would have been it, the ad revenues, the commercials that we could sell. I mean, it's just, and they just totally. They fumbled it. You know, they screwed it up worse than me trying to talk to a girl. It's worse than Kowski trying to play the guitar when he's drunk, or worse than Nick at video games, except for Guitar Hero. Total total screw job. They're getting lapped by the NBA. They're going to get passed by the NHL. The NHL is going to pass MLB in popularity. And UFC... Probably UFC might have already passed the MLB popularity. I mean, don't even get me started on the NFL. That's that's I mean that's a whole different realm. Rob Manfred has made Roger Goodell look like a king, and he's made Gary Bettman, who is wild, wildly known 
as probably the worst commissioner in sports as an acceptable commissioner. And, I mean, Adam Silver has probably been laughing at every misstep, the countless missteps that Manfred has made. And that all leads into what I have to say next. Rob Manfred absolutely must resign as the commissioner of Major League Baseball. No doubt in my mind. I'm calling for his job. I want him gone. The game is undoubtedly in a worse position than it was when he took over. And you could have said that before this whole situation, that the game's in a worse spot. If baseball is a dying sport, which it is, simply can he simply cannot be the man we expect to save it. Because he won't. He can't. And I, I, I don't want this contract to expire and he decides he's done or he wants to re retire or some mutual parting ways kind of thing. I want him to finish everything for 2020 so we're sure baseball can start on July 23rd. He can then, on July 23rd, after the first pitch is thrown, he can name his successor, make sure everything's in order, and then I want him to get behind a microphone and say, I messed up, this is on me, I'm resigning. And I want him to admit he cannot handle taking Major League Baseball where it needs to go. And I want him to admit the game's in a worse position than it is when he took over. Because it's all true. And after that, I hope he never works again. And no one should hire him. He's a fucking failure. He's useless. He doesn't deserve to work. And, you know, maybe in his free time he can get that fucking gap in his, in his teeth fixed. Fucking loser. Child. You know, to the owners, just sell the fucking teams. You guys are the fucking worst. All of you, just sell the goddamn teams. I mean, nobody, nobody likes you. You guys are part of the problem. It's just the biggest part of the problem with anybody. Baseball teams should be owned by baseball guys. The, the current owners, they're not baseball guys. So, you know, next question. I, I have no time for the owners. And and the players, you know, I think it's, it's time... To, you know, they have to look in the mirror, too. Because, you know, the game is dying. And it's largely due to, I would say, lack of marketing, popularity. Uh, and, you know, the commissioner can take a lot of blame for that. But some of that falls on the players, too. Baseball players, more than more than more other sports, you know, they're so stiff. People like personalities. They like excitement. You know, they... Baseball in its current form is just not exciting, and you can say you can blame the rules or you can blame how long the game takes, but the players have bear some of the weight on that too. You know, the game used to be played with flair. I mean, you know, Ozzy Smith doing uh, backflips or you know, Cal Ripken Jr. playing two thousand something straight games. You know, they, they used to. I mean, the players. It used to be more like there just seems to be more personalities and flair and. Now it's all just about like launch angle and everything. It's it's not as fun, it, you know. I can't pretend like I was alive during all those times or during the years. But you know, you watch the stories on them, and it's just like no, you don't see that shit anymore. So you know, I you know, I don't know. I can't tell Mike Trout. Like, I wouldn't tell Superman how to fly. But you know, if you're the game's best player, a little bit is on you to step up and be more marketable. It's not all on the league to do that. You know, and I would say, you know, signing with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for the, the rest of your career 
It's not great for the league. West Coast time, a team that, generally speaking, is, has not been that great. It could have gone anywhere. Boston, New York, Philadelphia. Even the Dodgers. You could, in, you could have stayed in Los Angeles. Go to the Dodgers. Could have gone to Philadelphia. You, I mean, how exciting would it be with Bryce Harper uh, Mike Trout on the same team? So, I mean, I know they offered him a lot of money. So I'm not, I'm not going to criticize him for taking that, taking that money and taking the deal. That's probably, that was best for him. But, you know, I'm just saying these, these things, they matter. They totally matter. So, you know, I don't know. And then lastly, to the fans, you know, you have to hold these shitheads accountable because what just happened is not acceptable. And I have a bad feeling that when the season starts, it's all just going to be forgotten. But we can't let, you can't let these guys off the hook for what just happened. Can't pretend like it didn't happen just because we have some form of baseball and, you know, we were told we might not have it and now we think... That they save the day by giving us baseball. That's bullshit. We could have had baseball much sooner if they would have pulled their heads out of their asses. So, I mean, that's all I really have. Um, you know, I could go on and on about what this means for the MLB in the future, but talk to your guys' ears off enough. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I'm a little tired of talking about it. Um, and, you know, it's time to look forward now because we have the season is coming. Um, going to have trades we're going to have free agent waiver wire we have Hannon and Hamburg co-owning a team their first year as fantasy baseball owners we have a lot to look forward to uh, certainly some discussions to be have uh, to be had I should say um, and, I'm, and I can't wait for it all I'm, I'm really excited to get things going here I'm really excited to be doing the podcast more as as more things come up and you know we get uh, more action uh, and that brings me to my next point I have a uh really exciting guest on the next podcast for you guys i don't know exactly when it will air um he's a very important person he we're still working with his team to finalize everything and then what we can keep in and what we can't keep in um but i think you guys will really enjoy it um i'll give you guys a quick sneak peek of the guests coming up uh for next episode uh, and i hope you guys enjoy it It's me, the greatest president in the history of the universe, Donald Alabaster Trump. What an honor it is to be here with you to talk about your great league that I love so bigly. Okay, you've really done a great job with this whole thing. We're very proud of you. We, you, we really are. Okay. Pucks, you have the best commissioner. He's really, he's really something special. Much better than Wretched Rob. Wretched Rob, he's so bad. Totally disgusting. He must resign immediately. Okay. Willie, I'm so excited to talk about your league with you, but I absolutely refuse to talk about Wretched Rob and his horrible league. It's really so disgusting what they've become. Okay, it's really, it's really quite bad. Totally worse. Totally worse than when Hamburg would blow his nose and put all the snot rags under his bed. More disgusting than... The ranch floor after an awful one-on-one with G5. Okay, it's quite bad. We're going to talk about your league because it's marvelous and we love it. We'll see you next week, folks. Go Lovers.